Hey everyone, welcome back to the Trail Life Podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Stoner. Thank you for uh, joining me once again on another journey across the podcast airwaves. You know, we're stepping back into uh, a conversation with the fastest known time. And today, man, it's a, it's a great story. I'm speaking to Travis Soares, who literally just completed uh, about a week ago uh, the FKT for the Sierra Peaks section list, um, which is up and down uh, the California um, area here. It is 247 mountains. He did it over a course of 117 days. Um, and to put that into reference... Over its 100-year history of being a list of, of mountains, only 81 people have completed this. And it usually takes years for people to do. Travis did it in 117 days. It's a great little story. Uh, it's, it's interesting on in, in what was in, involved with it, uh, not just through hiking and trail running. It's also uh, doing a lot of rock climbing, a lot of soloing attempts. So there's a lot that goes into it. It's a great story, like I said, and I'm really looking forward to you guys listening in on this. So let's just do it. Let's get right into it. Welcome to The Trail Life, Travis Soares. The Trail Life Podcast is presented by Solomon. For over 75 years, their passion for outdoor sports, new technologies, and craftsmanship have driven them and still do to create progressive gear to enable you to freely enjoy and challenge yourself in the great outdoors. Today, Solomon has an incredible lineup of road and trail running footwear and hydration gear, perfect for any runner on any terrain, no matter the challenge. Check them out today at your local running stores like Runner's Roost, Jack's Outdoor, or on Solomon.com. Well, help me turn the turning. Well, help me get it right. here talking about your big 5k that you just finished up 117 <laughs> days it took you to do a 5k and it was awesome right yeah it- yeah yeah the, <laughs> the longest 5k ever recorded well that's that's see that's a major milestone right there the longest one ever 117 that actually days. would be uh, quite impressive to make a 5k last 117 days Ooh, yeah you're pretty much going what 10 feet every day for <laughs> yeah it actually sounds harder than what i did <laughs> yeah to complete the sierra peak section list uh with 240 and we'll get into this but i'm just a brief recap here 247 peaks over 117 days which is fucking amazing by the way considering the fact that um looking at some of the numbers it, it's taken years for for people to complete that and you did it in 117 days which Unbelievable, man. So congratulations on that. You know, this is the first time you and I are having a chance to talk and everything. And I I had a chance to interact with you through Instagram, through our, through our friend, Jason Hardrath, which I shout out to Jason for introducing us and, and getting us connected because that's awesome. But I, I don't really know. I was, you know, a little bit of research here and there with you. So I kind of wanted to start with your background and how you got into, you know, through hiking and trail running and and rock climbing and stuff, because it's this is something you just don't just jump right into doing, doing this type of thing and doing some FKTs and stuff. So originally from the East coast, right. But you live out here in California now, is that right? Yeah. So I was born in Rhode Island and that's where I grew up. And then I went to school out in Prescott, uh, Arizona, uh, Prescott college is what it's called. That's where I basically learned how to like move through the mountains when I went out there. 
And then now, yeah, I spend most of my time in like Tuolumne and Yosemite and Joshua Tree and uh, Big Sur. Nice, man. So did you, when like growing up, were, like, how much of an athlete were you? Um, I mean, did you have a little bit of an athletic background as you're growing up? Or that this is something that kind of came into like interest later on when you actually got to Arizona? Yeah, growing up, uh, the neighborhood that I lived in, we had like 12 kids all around the same age. And like, so I just remember we were like pretty much always outside, like playing either like tag or football or soccer and just like doing tons of like running around um, at a young age. And then, yeah, I, I played football for six years. And then when I got to high school, I realized I was a little too small to, to play. And so I, I transitioned into running uh, cross country and track and then also wrestling. Yeah, I just really liked uh, running through the woods and that really spoke to me. And so that was something that I pursued a little bit more seriously after that. You majored in adventure edu- adventure education, is that right? Yeah, adventure kind of education. Explain, explain that a little bit because that's the first time I've ever heard of anything along that line. Yeah, Prescott College, I was really lucky to find that place. It's a small school in Arizona that has um, about 500 students. My graduating class was like uh, 40 students. And so it's a really small, tight-knit community, which I really enjoyed. And basically uh, the classes that I took involved like backcountry skiing, whitewater rafting, alpine mountaineering, um, backpacking, and just like learning how to, you know, be outside safely and how to like facilitate that experience as a guide or a teacher. And yeah, so that was really impactful uh, in my life. (laughs) That may be the coolest major that I've ever heard of in college. Like to, (laughs) to learn how to, to navigate your way outdoors safely. And and it's just amazing to me that they offer that shit. When I was, I was going to college, I'm going to date myself a little bit. I, you know, we were still stuck. Like I'd majored in sports marketing when I was in in school, but I, I had to wait till I got to grad school to actually have sports marketing in college. I had to do like physical, physical education with a, with a marketing side of things, right? Like they didn't. And then by the time I got out of school, it was all of a sudden now like sports management popped up and all these other really cool activations. I moved to Boulder and then you can major in like skiing out in Boulder. You can major like, I'm like, come on, man. What, <laughs> what? I grew up in the Midwest where there's just nothing as far as educate, like type of majors right. like that. So that, that is probably again, like one of the coolest majors I think I've ever heard anybody <laughs> go through and stuff. So that's cool. Yeah. I was very fortunate to find it and also very grateful towards my parents for like sending, allowing me to step down that path because from where I came from, a lot of people just are kind of like become lawyers or doctors and have that traditional path that I was sort of like a weird hippie kid and my parents were uh, supportive of it rather than like trying to fight it. So it was, so like a major like this, is it more like geared towards like being park ranger or orienteering type of thing, or like, is that kind of the trajectory as far as those type of jobs and stuff for the, for that major? Yeah. Yeah. A lot of people use that major to become guides. Um, and then, yeah, a lot of my friends also, um, have worked with like the forest service. I have a, a friend who's a climbing ranger. Um, and then, yeah, lots of mountain guides and, and some of my friends have actually gone back and taught at the college itself as like adjuncts. Wow. So, I mean, so that's perfect for what you're 
currently doing at this point in time. I mean, you know, we're, we're going to, we're definitely here to talk about, I'm, I'm excited to talk, to hear your story about, you know, the Sierra peaks sections um, with that going into to that. I saw that you also hold some FKTs here in California and Arizona and Nevada. Like what was kind of the, your first experience with doing stuff like this and how long, like how long have you been doing um, this type of thorough hiking and, and rock climbing and trail running stuff? Basically once I arrived at Presky college when I was 18 is when I started climbing um, because a lot of the students there are climbers and there's some pretty great climbing out in that area. And so I started with like bouldering and then working my way into like trad climbing and then multi-pitch climbing. I made a trip out to like Yosemite Valley and totally got spanked with my, <laughs> with my buddy, Harry. Um, and then also transitioned into like Alpine mountaineering in the Sierras. And then, yeah, when I graduated, I basically just moved into my minivan and kind of like lived on the road for a couple of years. And I ended up through hiking the Appalachian trail yeah, I just heard about FKTs just, you know, being a through hiker. And I remember like listening to the podcast and stuff and thinking that, you know, like those people are like super elite athletes and that it was kind of an like unattainable thing. But when I was in Joshua Tree, I heard about uh, this route that Jason Hardrath had set on right on, which is a 400 foot five, six. It's kind of like the biggest multi-pitch in, in Joshua Tree. And uh I had climbed it many times and I'd heard his time and I kind of like had an inkling that it could go faster just because I was so familiar with the route. And yeah, at this time, Jason was like a total idol of mine. And I felt like quite the underdog uh, heading out to go, to go try this thing. But I ended up just, you know, doing my best out there and beating his time by, by a little bit. And then he, he noticed that and reached out to me and was super supportive and, he basically gave me like a list of, of other things that I should try. And he basically like, <laughs> I guess, fed the beast. And, uh, <laughs> and so then, so then, yeah, the rest of that year, that was last year. Uh, the rest of that year, I just basically tried a whole bunch of other routes and um, had a whole lot of fun just exploring that, that world and, and also getting involved in that community. That, that community is so supportive. And that, that was kind of like when I stepped into the FKT world yeah, you know, it's. I guess that's what I, I like about the fastest known time, you know, genre of you know ultra endurance athletes, right? That you don't, just like you said, you don't, you you kind of you think you have to be an elite athlete to get one of these times and everything else. But the more and more people I talk to, the more I realize that, you know, you don't have to be a, a big ultra endurance athlete to make make the fastest time i mean all you have to do it's it comes down to strategy one and two like you like you said knowing the area a little bit mm -hmm. right and and yeah so it it's really cool how it the average joe can can actually go out and and get an fkt for you know a, even just a local trail or a local through hike you know without even mm -hmm. really considering it so it's it's totally. kind of cool. This is what makes it really nice about the FKT you know, community is that, and you, like you said, it's very supportive. Like a lot of people that I've talked to have always said the same thing. It's, and it's, it fits into that same mold of the trail running community, right? It's very, very supportive. Everybody's wanting everybody to succeed and everything else. So it's really cool to, 
hear that from from you as well and how jason reached out to you and was like hey listen try these out and you know these are the ones you should be doing and everything else um mm-hmm. so let's yeah. let's uh let's chat about the about the sierra peaks section list so i and I'll include myself in on this question as far as people listening in. Like, I don't know anything about the Sierra Peaks section at all. So go ahead and explain really where this is, what it what it is, and then we'll get into like how you went about getting ready for it and accomplishing it. Cause I, I think a lot of people don't really know where where this area is. Yeah, yeah. So the Sierra Peaks section list was created by the Sierra Club. And uh for those of listeners who aren't familiar the Sierra Club was founded in 1892 or something like that by John Muir and basically after that they started like leading excursions in the 20s and 30s out and exploring the mountains and as they started like exploring more and more peaks they uh, basically decided that they should create like a list of like the best most iconic prominent peaks in the whole range spanning from like the very southern tip where it touches like the Mojave all the way to Tahoe, which is about 400 miles north to south. And uh, so in 1950, they basically started compiling the list and they had like 100 peaks. And then as they like discovered more, um, they kind of settled on 247 uh, like iconic peaks in like 1992, um, which is what the modern list is. And um so yeah, basically it just involves like there's they basically broke it up into like the range into 24 different sub ranges and just like all the best, yeah, coolest peaks in that area and it's it's pretty much like once you stand on top of of a really tall peak and you can see like all the other mountains in the area, it's pretty much like all the high points and then also like um lots of other smaller ones ar- around the the bigger ones. So yeah, it's basically just like a complete comprehensive, like list of pretty much all the coolest mountains in the Sierras. Um, But that's not the 247 doesn't include, that's not all the peaks, right? It's just, they've kind of just kept off some of the smaller ones or ones that like, aren't like, as you said, iconic, they've kept those Mm -hmm. off. So it's pretty much just 247 out of um, the total amount that are there. Yeah. Totally. There's definitely like a lot more like high points and smaller peaks like out throughout the whole range. But yeah, for the most part, it's uh, uh, they. I feel, feel like they did a pretty good job like choosing peaks that were just like really interesting and pretty classic to the area. And then what's the do you do you know off the top of your head what the average elevation is for each each peak? Is it around what twelve or? 11 or 12, 12 or 13. Yeah, I would guess, I would guess between 11 and 13, maybe 12. Mm-hmm. Um, because yeah, there's pretty much all the 14ers in the Sierras are on the list. And then there's a couple like 9,000 and 10,000 foot peaks, specifically like up in Tahoe or like in the Southern range. So yeah, between like 11 and 13. Anybody who's familiar with it, right? So FKT, you can break it down to self-supported or supported itself what so for the fkt and what you did it was this completely an unsupported or a self-supported uh attempt yeah so technically our effort is under the supported category because uh i did climb 180 of the peaks with uh, my friend nathan and so i think just like 
I think just by that nature, you when you're with someone else, it's it, like it kind of falls in that category. Yeah. Yeah. And then also we had three, two or three resupplies. Um, our okay. friends brought us in food. But other than that, basically we we're totally self-supported. Like on our rest days, we did all of our grocery shopping all the logistics, all of our laundry and just all the chores and stuff. Like it was basically just us, us two and uh, figuring it all out. So you did 117 days technically supported, right? Mm-hmm. If looking at it, could you, could you do it unsupported with no cashes at all? And how, how, how many days do you think that would add on to like, just, Adam, for you, if you were going to do it all over again, I mean, how, how much tougher would it end up being without the caches, without in the, the somebody being there with you? Yeah, I definitely like was thinking about if it would be possible to just like walk into the Sierras, you know, and just like hike them all as like one continuous through hike, like from the Southern tip all the way to the Northern tip or something like that. But I, I think that would be extremely difficult just because of, yeah, like, <laughs> I mean, you just, have to have a lot of weight too, just, just based on, yeah. on nutrition and, and what you're else you're carrying. I mean, it would be like, tough. It would be tough. I think the ideal way would to be do a supported effort, but to like actually be supported. So like, so, so like what we're talking about, like entering the Sierras and then um, you have like people bring in you food. So you can kind of just like hike along the JMT because the JMT basically what we're hiking along to access most of these peaks and then just like stay in the mountains for as long as you can, uh, which we didn't really have access to, but I think that would be a way to improve upon the time. Yeah. So now are you going South to North or North to South, which, which direction do you, did you go and did you to get the FKT? Does it matter which direction you're, you're going or starting from? We, we started, yeah. So you sort of have to, to, uh, um, time it right. So that the snow is like melting, um, in the areas that you want to go, but, um, you don't want it. You don't want to be like at the end of the peak list in a couple months during fire season. So I started around April 17th when there was still like a considerable amount of snow and had to like postal and even brought like snowshoes and stuff, but I wanted to start early so that I could finish earlier and avoid the fires because that was sort of like the biggest, uh, factor in, in, um, that could, that could potentially ruin the whole, the whole list. So we started in, in the Whitney area because it's further South and the snow was melting a little bit quicker there. And then we worked our way south around the range where some of the, most of the snow had, had melted um, and then continued up on the west side um, and then basically did like one whole loop around the whole Sierras. Okay. Yeah. Oh, holy Moses. Um, so talk to me about like the prep work for this. Like how much, how much of your time went into like orienteering out and, and navigating and figuring out the route? And then how much, how much nutrition you had to take on each little section? I mean, was that pretty difficult with, with all of that stuff? And like, how did, how did that all pan out for you? How long did it take you to navigate which direction you were going to go, how you were going to um, navigate the peaks and all that stuff? Yeah. I started planning in October as well as Nathan, Nathan, who I don't know if you're familiar with, he yeah. completed the Bulgers list with Jason. And so he, yeah. he had, um, uh, experience with a peak list, um, which was, was super helpful. And he's a really smart and talented mountain athlete. And he, 
he made some really incredible plans. And then I also made some route plans as well. And we kind of like compared and contrasted. And so it took a couple months. There was definitely like a lot of research, researching every single mountain, like what are all the aspects rated, like technically wise and how to link all of them and what's the most efficient way. Took a couple months to like really figure out and refine the plans. And so, yeah, I started that in October. So had a couple months before April to like really solidify everything. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah, once we got out there, like we basically stuck to our, our plan. Our plan went pretty well, like somehow, I don't really know how, but it all worked out. Um, there were definitely times when, you know, like the route that we had chosen was, it just didn't really make sense when you were there and had to like call an audible or go a different way. But for the most part, we, we completed every single, uh, plan, um, for the day and didn't really have to like bail at all. So what I think is really cool with, um, this attempt and some of the other ones that I've you know heard Jason talk about and others talk about is, you know, it's not just the through hiking aspect of it. You're actually going out there and doing some solo work as well, right? Like, like there's a lot of rock climbing in, yeah. in some of these sections. Like how, how much of it is having, you know, doing some solo effort versus the through hiking portion of it. And then how does that play into uh, like how much gear you're carrying at any given time. Like, cause that, mm -hmm. that's got to throw you off a little bit too. Yeah. So thankfully Nathan and I both come from like rock climbing backgrounds and we're pretty comfortable without gear up to like five, nine terrain. And so we actually yeah. didn't bring any gear at all. And, uh, yeah. yeah, even like just sort of sought out the, the fifth class terrain just because it's just more fun to like go up a fifth class Ridge than like a <laughs> Sandy class two slope. And, uh, so we definitely like didn't take the easiest way up a lot of the mountains. That's another way, way that someone can improve on our time because like that technical terrain is a lot slower and stuff, but, yeah. um, just, just to like, to, to maintain like your motivation and your psych for four months, you need to like, sort of have a balance between choosing what's like awesome and super inspiring and fun yeah. as well as what's most efficient. So like when you're, when you're doing the rock climbing, how far, how far up do you have to go to get to that point? Like, are you, are you, obviously it's going to be different in different sections, but what's kind of like your average climb that you guys are end up doing and how, and my, my other thing is, is like how deep into the hike are you at this point? Because I mean, that's going to take a factor in too, like how long it's going to take you to do these, you know, the rock climbs sections, like yeah. find where there was any point in time where it was just like, you just beat up the legs beat up from, from the through hiking aspect of it. And you're like, shit, now I got to go fucking climb a, a mountain. <laughs> 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 yeah. Yeah. Actually on the snake dike. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with that climb that goes up the slabs of half dome. Okay. Um, it's basically just like a five, seven friction slab, um, which I had soloed before, but when I got up there, like, uh, just because I had been like hiking like so much when I was like standing on my toes, my, my calves just like got like super pumped. <laughs> and, uh, for a second there, I was like, Oh man, like I've never really experienced this before. Um, but, uh, but, but thankfully just, you know, move, kept moving and, uh, <laughs> found my way up, but. All right. So let's talk about your route. So you, you started down at Whitney and did Whitney and Whitney's, you know, 14 and it's the highest peak here in, in Southern California um, or in California, I guess. But, 
so you're going from Whitney kind of give me the direction of what, what you're doing. Like, are you, cause that's 14. Are you then trying to get some of the other higher peaks that are around that area drop down a little bit to kind of recover quote unquote, and then kind of keep going head North. Is that. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Yeah. So basically like for each like little sub range, typically would have like 10, 10 to 12 peaks. And so we would hike in for maybe like three or four nights and like, uh, build like a little base camp, um, like back there, like within the mountains. And then, uh, for the next couple of days, just do a bunch of different day hike loops, um, and then end back up base camp and then end up like hiking out after that trip was over and then driving over to the next little, uh, sub range and then kind of just like repeating that process. And then, so I'm, I'm quite curious as far as wildlife and everything else, like did you see any, did you, did you experience anything that's just out of the ordinary you didn't expect to see or anything like that? Or did you come in any encounters of, of any kind with, with any of the wildlife out? Um, yeah, yeah, actually and down in the Southern Sierra, I was like just sleeping in my van, uh, with the door open cause it was really hot. And, um, this, uh, this little, um, oh, ring-tailed cat. Yeah. this like ring-tailed cat, uh, which is for those people who don't know they're basically just like they look like little lemurs um they have like a long tail they're like pretty big but it basically just i heard some munching i woke up to like something munching like a bunch of my tortillas and stuff and (laughs) this little lemur just like looked up at me (laughs) um and uh it was pretty cute but i had to scare it out uh, of the van and um that was kind of funny and then also we saw a herd of um 16 uh, bighorn sheep out there, which was really cool. Oh, Cause it's cool. I really love those, those creatures and feel like kind of a connection to them. That was pretty sweet. I was going to, I was going to say like, did you see anything that, that was out on the, out on the mountains while you were there? And that I guess the bighorn sheep, you probably would have run into those a couple of times mm-hmm. along the way, just being up on the mountain. Like, yeah. They've always intrigued me a little bit. How they just stand on one of the smallest <laughs> rocks possible. <laughs> totally. Yeah, I like uh scared some. Um they just like bolted up this like crazy like fifth class like terrain like that I wouldn't even really want to go climb, but they just disappeared like so fast. It was really cool. What was uh what was one of the hardest uh hardest portions of of the of any of the of the challenge? Like whether it's beginning end, like where did you see the most the the most difficult aspect of it yeah the most difficult um trip was linking the evolution range with the palisade range and uh that was our longest backcountry trip it was 12 days in the backcountry and we started with the evolution so did the the traverse the evolution traverse which was really fun it was something that i had gone out to do before and had to bail due to rain and the evolution um, traverse is is what part that's uh it links like uh mount darwin is the big one out there and it's um six six mountains along this ridge line okay. it's a it's a ridge line that peter croft um first first uh piece together and it, it's rated five nine and it's pretty technical there's lots of like towers and just navigating those and yeah it's just a really fun adventure from there we hiked over to the palisades and the palisades is similar to the evolution traverse in terms of technical difficulty it's a lot of rock climbing um but the mountains are a little bit bigger they're 14ers Mm. um and just like yeah just like super rugged and 
but also really beautiful mountains. And so that whole like two week push was, was pretty tough. Every day was at least like a 14 hour day and we weren't really getting much sleep. And at the end had like a couple, like 20 plus hour days and actually ended up having to, to bivy out and had an unplanned bivy with like no food or sleeping gear out in the Palisades oh, shit. Um, and had to like cuddle for warmth. Um, <laughs> yeah, but, uh, but we made it, we made it work. <laughs> so Nathan was with you for the first, was he with you for the first portion of it? And then you were by yourself the rest of the, the rest of the way. Yeah. We climbed about 180 peaks together. And then um, I went back and, after he was done, I climbed the final 70 peaks, which took about like a month. So what I've always kind of found interesting in, in from the from the psyche aspect of it, A, you're out there by yourself the entire time for this, you know, those 70 peaks. Mentally, you know, where are you at as you're, you know, you've, you've crossed that, you've crossed that halfway point, right? You're in now into 70 only left. You're now gone from supported to by yourself like mentally like what's the challenges there as you're as you're going through and trying to finish out yeah yeah um definitely like having nathan as a partner the whole time was was really nice and it made it a lot easier when you have a partner that you can rely on but as much as i love nathan i also really like to be alone and so at that point i actually was like pretty excited to just be alone um and had a had a pretty good time for that last month just like reflecting on the whole experience and yeah. uh, being alone with my thoughts and yeah there were times where it was like a little bit more challenging but also pretty re- rewarding at the same time what's the finish like right you get done with that because that's always been one of the things that I, I find very interesting is you're on these you're on these adventures you're doing this thing you you you're, you're amped up, man. You got some adrenaline going. You're finishing that last, that last peak you finish out. And what's, what's there at the finish? What's there at the finish line, quote unquote, for you? Like, like I always like hearing everybody's different like opinions and experiences with this. Like as you finish up, like where, where are you at mentally there? Because it's kind of this, it's kind of like a mental fucking itself. Like you got this adrenaline, you just finished out. And, and most of the time you're by yourself and it's yeah. like, okay, there's nobody to high five and hug or whatever <laughs> it is. Right. Like yeah. you, you have that, what was your experience when you finished up your last peak? So my parents actually, um, came out, uh, to, to climb the last mountain uh, with me. Oh, fucking um, really? Very cool. Yeah. It was awesome. Well, so basically they told me, that they're coming out on August 12th and I had to climb 73 peaks in about a month. And so I really wanted them to climb the last peak with me. And so I had to basically shift around my schedule and kind of like cram these peaks in a faster timeframe than I originally had planned on. Yeah. Um, and the last two weeks were actually really stressful because we just got like hit by, um, monsoons every single day for two weeks like literally the forecast had a thunderstorm and um for a a little bit there it looked like i wouldn't be able to finish with my family but i just woke up really early because typically the the peaks don't get hit by lightning until like 12 or 1 yeah um so i just woke up early tried to finish before that time and then yeah the the uh 
the the last like big link up I did was Clyde, Ritter, Banner, and Davis, which was like a 30 mile day. And but it was really awesome. I had been wanting to climb like Ritter and Banner for a long time and actually ended up saving those mountains for the last link up uh, on purpose because yeah, when I was in high school, I remember reading John Muir's account of climbing Ritter and Banner and like those were the first mountains in the series to capture my imagination. And so I really wanted to save those for last. And then, yeah, climbing up Ritter was just like so emotional. I just like couldn't really believe I was there. Now is Ritter the one that you, that your parents climbed with you? So I completed that day, Clyde, okay. Ritter, Banner, and Davis solo. And then I had one more the next day, uh, San Joaquin, which is a much easier peak to climb that I had chosen to do. So I kind of had two finishes in a way. One was like that big epic link up by myself, which was really emotional and impactful and profound. And then then my family got to, got to climb uh, San Joaquin with me which is um, a pretty easy hike, but it's just like really beautiful ridgeline walk. And you can, you can see like the minarets and Ritter and Banner from up there. And also some of my friends who I'd met just in the Valley or in Joshua tree who were just climbing dirt bags, they decided to come out. Um, oh, and cool. we just had like a whole, whole big group up there. And uh, that, that's that so makes the experience even better to finish out. I, <laughs> now I totally get why you like had the, the like two finishing mm-hmm. uh, mentalities there. That's, that's awesome. Totally. Yeah. That doesn't very happen very often where you have a chance to, Hey, your, your family gets to come out and do the last, you know, little bit with you, but also to have a group of friends that are there to support you and stuff as you mm-hmm. finish out. So are how, uh, your parents still live in the East coast, right? So are they, are they active in, in hike and hikers like that? And how, and how do they deal with that last peak? Uh, they're definitely really nervous. Um, coming from sea level, San Joaquin is at about like 11,500 feet. Okay. And yeah. even just mammoth lakes, like in town is like at 8,000 and that's mm-hmm. the highest they'd ever been. So they're super nervous, but, uh, thankfully like my friends were there and just like, um, you know, we took our time. I wasn't really trying to like go super fast or anything. I just wanted to like be with them. And so we started early and just took our time and they crushed it. Yeah. I was really proud of them for, for making it all the way, even though I don't think that they thought they would be able to, um, (laughs) but I kind of had to like, to trick them a little bit too, because the ridge line has a lot of false summits. So I'd be like, Oh yeah, it's just this next one that you can see. And then then you get to the top of that one. And it's like, and then you can see the next one. It's like, Oh no, it's that one. No, we're Um, we're almost there. I promise. We're almost there. Exactly. Um, And then, and then like, once you're on the summit, like the only way back is to go all the way back. So you kind of have to. And so it took a little bit of a sandbagging, but, um, in the end, they're pretty psyched that they made it all the way. Oh man, that's, that's totally cool. I mean, that's, that just brings the experience to another level. I think, I mean, having that opportunity to do so and stuff, but yeah, man, you got this finished. Like what's, what's next on, on your bucket list as far as things you're looking to do. You got another, you know, through hike or FKT that you're looking at, at knocking out. Yeah, I definitely finished this list and realized, um, how much potential, I, I have because I didn't really think that I would be able to complete something like this. And uh, so it's definitely opened my eyes to what's possible in the mountains for myself. And yeah, I've definitely have a lot of ideas for what's next. Um, but I kind of need to let them uh, like simmer and before I, I speak too much about it. But in the short yeah. term, up in Tuolumne, um, 
I've got like some link ups and some ideas planned and, um, and then, uh, then, yeah, I'm going to, this winter, I'm actually going to be rafting the Grand Canyon with some friends and then doing a trip down into Baja and like surfing. And so it's kind of just like reconnecting with other landscapes, like the desert and the ocean is sort of like my goal. Yeah. Living life, man. That's, that's <laughs> what it's about right now, man. It's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I wish you nothing but the best. I, I know I'll probably end up seeing your name even more on the FKT list as, as you know, time goes on, but, um, you know, I, I wish you nothing but, but, uh, the best and, and everything you do. I mean, that's, this is awesome that you had a chance to do this and do it as fast as you did. I mean, I was reading something where, you know, 117 days, it usually takes people years to do. Um, it's fine. And there's only been, what do we say? 81 people that have completed the mm -hmm. lists over the course of its time frame. And yeah, so that, that, I mean, even that right there is over a hundred plus years, only 81 people to complete every, every single peak is, <laughs> is amazing. So it's congratulations, man. <laughs> yeah. Thanks. Yeah. I'm, I'm super grateful to have had this opportunity and, um, yeah, I hope it just inspires other people and, you know, positively impacts the community. Yeah. Is there, is there anything that you learned about, about yourself doing this that you can move forward with? your next adventure or something that you can, that's going to help you out in life. Yeah. There's lots of takeaways. One of the biggest one is, um, I haven't always been like the best at just like route planning and like planning logistics and stuff for, for an effort this big. And so, yeah, actually like going through that process and like learning to also enjoy that process of like researching mountains and like creating the most efficient line, um, was a pretty pretty impactful and something that I'm definitely like more interested in because when you, when you do put in that work and to like plan everything out as best as you can is when you can really like, uh, reach your fullest potential as much as I do like to kind of just like go out and onsite and have a, like a grand adventure and probably Epic. Um, if you want everything to go perfectly, you kind of need to like plan everything out. And so, so there's, yeah, there's, there's value in both, but, um, that was, definitely something that I learned. Um, and then, yeah, just in general, just like, um, how incredible the human body is. And if you tell it to keep moving, it just somehow it does. And yeah, like we all have a, a deeper reservoir than, than we can possibly know. I felt like I glimpsed into my reservoir, but I didn't really dive as deep as I, as I, I could have. And so I'm definitely interested to explore like my own limits as a, as a human. Man, I, I love hearing that kind of stuff. Like, and that's what it's all about is doing these type of things and, and creating the, you know, a, a place where you can find where your own potential is. You know, it's, it, I, I love, yeah. love hearing stories like that and, and uh, conversations like that. It's, it's awesome. So yeah, man, I, I can't thank you enough for, for sharing your story and, and uh, hanging out with me for the last 45 minutes. And uh, I wish you nothing but the best, Travis. Thank you. Thanks. Yeah. It was awesome. Uh, getting to chat. Um, and also I really enjoy your hat. It's uh oh. It's a cool hat. <laughs> yeah, it's uh so anybody who can't see it's I got my Tatooine hat on. It's like the most like un uh, like undercover like Star Wars reference and it I yeah, it's a conversation yeah, it's, it's a conversation piece for sure. Like everybody who sees it, it's like, "Oh yeah." <laughs> it's also cuz if you were to like just glance at it quickly it'd be like, "Oh, it's kind of just like a like a hat." But then when you look at it, it's it's uh it's yeah, very subtle, subtle 
Oh but, yeah, man. I, I, that's what makes it so good. So it's, <laughs> it, it's definitely a conversation piece for sure. So <laughs> thanks for noticing. <laughs> yeah. All right, man. Well, I'll let you go. Thank you very much. I, I appreciate it. And, and uh, hopefully uh, next time you do something this big, we'll, we'll get you back on and we'll have that conversation too. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for taking time to chat and have a great day. The Trail Life Podcast presented by Solomon is produced and hosted by me, Jeff Stoner. Theme song provided by The Poor Dirty Astronauts with lyrics written by Matt Meyer. You can rate, review, and subscribe to this show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or any other place you stream your favorite podcasts. Thank you again, everybody, and we'll see you on the trails real soon.